Welcome to Becoming Referrable, the podcast that shows you how to become the kind of advisor people can't stop talking about. I'm Steve Wershing. On this episode, we talk with Sam Richter, the foremost expert on sales intelligence and digital reputation management, and the creator of the Know More system. That's K-N-O-W, More. I love talking with Sam. I've seen his presentation so many times, and he's one of the few people who, um, when I go to one of his presentations, I cannot write fast enough to keep up with all the good ideas coming out of that. He tells us how to use research to develop connections and rapport with people, whether it be the first time that we meet them or whether it be an existing client, to open up new kinds of conversations and get introduced to new people. In this episode, he'll tell us how to use social media to boost your new client acquisition without needing compliance approval. We'll talk about how to use the internet research to ask better questions. We'll learn how leveraging LinkedIn can get us better introductions. And we'll talk about what Web 3.0 means for you and your social media interactions. We had a lot of fun with this conversation. I hope that you enjoy listening to it, too. And now, Sam Richter. So, Sam, welcome to Becoming Referrable. We're very excited to have you here today. Well, I'm just really honored. You know, I'm a big fan of both of yours and the great work that you do, and I'm just thrilled to uh, to have the opportunity to uh, talk with you guys today. Well, and I and I love the stuff that you do, and that's why I'm so excited to have you. So, so let's jump into that. You know, you you are the the foremost expert on sales intelligence. You're you're one of the few people that whose program I, I can remember going to, and I could not write fast enough to get keep up with all the <laughs> ideas that, that were coming out of it. Um, but but so so for the people who don't know you yet, what what is sales intelligence, and how can an advisor use it to grow their business? Well, sales intelligence is really learning about the other person. And when you think about an advisor, you know, um, if, if let's go back before Google, right, 20 years ago, when an advisor would meet with a prospect, uh, that prospect might give the advisor an hour or two hour lunch. Uh, why? Because 20 years ago, there was no such thing as Google. And if you were a prospect, you really needed to meet that advisor. Uh, you needed to build a relationship, but you also didn't even know what that advisor did for a living. Well, fast forward to today, our prospects, especially our high net worth individuals that you know uh, might be a little bit more sophisticated, if you will, the likelihood that they've, for lack of a better term, Googled that advisor prior to a meeting is pretty darn close to 100%. So our buyers today have buyer's intelligence. They're pretty smart about us. They've, they've gone in. They've uh, obviously looked at our company website. They might have even you know, uh, uh, looked at some of the um, FPA uh, websites and things like that and, um, and uh, you know, learned about the advisor. And yet, as advisors, oftentimes when we go into a prospect meeting, um, we don't know very much about that prospect. You, you know, maybe, maybe we've looked at their LinkedIn profile. Uh, maybe it was a referral, but we really don't know too much about them. And the problem there is uh, when we as advisors go in and start talking about asset allocation models, clients don't care. Prospects don't care. What prospects really care about is themselves. They're massively passionate about themselves, their own goals, their family. And uh, what we need to do as advisors when we go in and speak with a prospect, we needed to make sure the first words out of our mouth are about them and what do they care about. So sales intelligence is really nothing more than using the internet, but using it in ways that 99% of the planet have no clue how to do, using it to quickly, and that's the operative word, quickly find information about the other person. So in a meeting, the first words out of our mouth are about what they care about. Yeah, you know, that's 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 brilliant. And so what, what are some of the ways that... Uh 
if it's not jumping into detail too fast, you know, what what are some sure. of the ways that that people can? So you, you get referred to somebody and and they they give you a call and you arrange for a, a time to meet, and so you're going to go, you know, introduce you. Know, you're going to get to face to face with this person for the first time. What are some of the things that advisors should be doing to prepare for that meeting? Well, uh, you know, we talked about one. Uh, LinkedIn is is for sure. So, uh, close to, getting close to 500 million people with LinkedIn profiles. What's a LinkedIn profile? It's somebody's resume. And why does somebody have a LinkedIn profile? Well, quite simply, because they want you to find them. And so, just going in <laughs> and and doing a LinkedIn search, or uh, and the easy way to do that. So, um, one of the things that's important to know is it's called Boolean logic, um, fancy term for how to search better. Uh, when you're in LinkedIn. Now, if I'm looking for you, Stephen, you've got you know an interesting uh, or not an interesting, but a um, a unique. Yeah, we're last not going to call it interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, so so if I go into if I go into Google and type in you know Stephen Worshing, um, I'm I'm going to get your LinkedIn profile. But if your name was Stephen Smith, there's probably 400 Stephen Smiths in LinkedIn. So exactly. the first thing to do is is to make sure that you type somebody's name within quotation marks and then put put a plus sign or and in all uppercase in LinkedIn, and then part of their company name or maybe where they live or something like that. So again, if I'm looking for Stephen Smith, I pull up the right Stephen Smith. What I'm looking for in someone's LinkedIn profile is something in common. And it's really something where I can ask a better question. You know, most good advisors have gone through some form of sales training before. And every sales training course out there will tell you the need to ask great questions. And everybody nods their head. Yeah, yeah, got to ask great questions. But nobody tells you how to ask great questions. The way to ask a great question is to find something in common. And here's the language I use. Uh, It's kind of corny, but it works really well. And it might be something like this. You know, hey, Stephen, before I meet with people, I like to do a little bit of homework. You know, you're a busy guy and I don't want to waste your time. And and guess what I found? See, I was looking at your LinkedIn profile and I see you're a professional speaker. That's really interesting because I do that for a living as well. Hey, let's, you know, tell me a little bit about your business. So, I immediately get you talking about you and I can guarantee you that you're going to share with me information as long as I keep my mouth shut and listen, you're going to share with me so much more information than doing it the old-fashioned way of, of hi, Stephen, I know we only have an hour together. Uh, my boss gave me this uh, list of 73 questions I need to ask you, so let's just get started. How much money do you make? And, and I'd like to pull something specific out of that because it's one of the, one of the favorite things that you say that, that I've, I can't even tell you how often I've used this. Um, but the particular construction of, <clears throat> you know, I did a little homework. I wanted to make sure that this meeting was valuable for, for both of us. So I did a little bit of homework about you. And guess what I found? Yeah. That question is brilliant. Well, thank you. And it, it, again, it sounds a little bit corny, but I have to tell you, it, it really works because the first part of that of, hey, before I meet with people, I like to do a little uh, homework. Right there, you've just differentiated yourself from pretty much every advisor, every accountant, every lawyer, every salesperson this person's ever met with. Um, And then, and then, and guess what I found? The reason that's important is we've all done this before, right? So we, uh, so uh, uh, Julie sets up a meeting with me and I'm like, yeah, I'll meet with you at Tuesday at the coffee shop. And then, you know, Julie, you're an advisor and I show up and I'm like, you know, I look at my calendar and go, oh God, I'm meeting with a financial advisor. My, you know, I don't have time to do this. I got to get my dog to the vet and Oh, fine. It's an eight o'clock meeting and I better go. So I go and you start talking asset allocation models and where's my mind? Well, my brain's thinking dog to the vet. When I, when can I get out of here? Got a board meeting today. But the second you say to somebody, you know, I did a little homework on you and, um, and guess what I found when you say that phrase and guess what I found, 
um, you you have the other person's full attention. You know, what'd you find, right? Well, you know, I was I was looking at your LinkedIn profile, which is okay. So you're not a stalker, you know. Whew, looking at your LinkedIn profile, and Stephen, I I got I, I see that you are on the board of directors of the Hochstein School of Music and Dance. Um, that's really interesting. You know, do you do you have a family member involved in dance? Like, how'd you get into that? And I yeah. bet you you got a great story there. Sure, and, and well, and and because it's my gig, right? I'm I'm thrilled to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm and, interested and who- when you. You're talking about sort of like finding information on people you've identified. Sure. Are, are some of these same tactics used to actually find the people that you want to meet with, if you know what I mean? Like how Absolutely. sort of two parts of it. So, Julie, you know, I, I actually, um, in my presentations, I actually cite, cite your study, a study, uh, uh, you know, from uh, Absolute Engagement's Investor Research Program, where, where I believe um, – there was an interview of uh, almost 30,000 uh, clients of advisors. And the question asked of those clients was, would you give somebody a referral if you asked for, if the advisor asked for the referral by name? So what does that mean? We've all been in a situation where someone says, you know, uh, Julie, we've been working together for, you know, five years now. I hope you're really happy with me. Hey, do you know anybody else that might be happy with me? Uh, I'm uncomfortable, you're uncomfortable, <laughs> and, and it's going to be like, fine, you know, okay, uh, I got a cousin on my mother's side. I hate his guts anyhow, so I'll give you his <laughs> right? <laughs> or, but if I say to you, in what the study showed, if you ask for referral by name, so instead of saying, do you know somebody who knows somebody, you say, uh, so I'll pick somebody you know. Do, hey, I see that you know Spencer Siegel. How well do you know Spencer? Oh, gosh, Spencer's awesome. We've known each other for years. Say, you know, you know, customer service, as hopefully you've experienced, is, is really important to us at our firm. So we don't want to get too big. But obviously, like any business, we want to grow. Um, but it's got to be the right fit. So I was doing a little research on Spencer, and he just seems like a great guy and a perfect fit for our firm. What do you think? Oh, Spencer would be awesome. Um, hey, if I sent you a note, could you, you think you could forward that? Or, or oh, forget that. You know what? I'll take you both out to lunch. Not only do the statistics show you're going to give us that referral, the key here is that you are emotionally invested now in making sure that connection happens. So the logical question out of that now is, well, how do I, it, how do I find out who my clients know? Um, and there's a number of ways to do that. The first one, LinkedIn. Um, a lot of people link with each other on LinkedIn. Now, the, new, the old LinkedIn interface, you could actually find your client and see everybody who they knew. Um, the new LinkedIn interface does not allow that. But what you can do is you can still build your list. So you can build, and I, we can talk about that if you'd like, uh, using Boolean queries within LinkedIn, build your list of who you'd like to meet. Then when you identify who you'd like to meet, you can find out who do you know that knows that person. Ask for the referral by name. Another way to do that is with Facebook. I've actually, Facebook's search engine is horrible. So I've built my own search engine tool. You can go to www.yougotsocial, that's Y-O-U-G-O-T social.com. And you can uh, just follow the instructions and search for people on LinkedIn. Search for your clients on LinkedIn. Once you're in, if you follow the instructions, you can figure out who their friends are. Same type of thing. Other ways, find out where, what, what boards your, um, your clients are on. Uh, how do you do that? Well, most nonprofits will list their board members in an annual report. You can do a Google search by doing, again, let's say Spencer Siegel. Put Spencer Siegel within quotation marks in a Google search uh, plus 
board of directors, put board of directors in quotation marks, or or being an all uppercase. When you put or in all uppercase, you're telling Google, I want this or that. Or board of advisors, board of advisors in all uppercase, file type colon, PDF. File type colon tells Google you're looking for a, a specific type of document, in this instance, a PDF file, because most annual reports are posted online as PDF files. So again, Spencer Siegel within quotes, board of directors or board of advisors, both of those within quotes, file type colon PDF. I'll pull up any board uh, that he might serve on. I can look at that list and quite possibly, I'm, I'm sure as an advisor, I'll find someone else on that board that would be a great client of mine. I can then make Spencer or ask Spencer for that referral. Well, and I, 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 I think this is one of those critical things and um, Bill Cates talked about it and a lot of people talk about it and that's the distinction between a referral and an introduction, because yeah. you know, I, I think you're right that that's really a referral. But I think you know, too many advisors are thinking of referral as sort of a passive thing, like, oh, you should call Joe. Um, but the you know the, the the key here is that you're you're specifically asking for an introduction to a specific person as opposed to just asking them to give you names. Yeah, I'll give you in, in my business. Um, you know, my best friend is a professional speaker as well. Uh, Ross Bernstein is awesome. What Ross does after his speeches is. He, he will question, you know, hey, what kind of, what kind of uh, speaker are you looking for next year? If he determines it's a right fit, uh, he doesn't make an introduction. He will actually email me, email the client, say, hey, this is, this is the guy you need to book. Don't even bother looking at anybody else. This is the guy you need to book. If they haven't answered, he'll pick up the phone and call them. And, and, and Ross is actually emotionally invested in making sure I get the business. Um, and in fact, we joke, he, he actually uh, has more fun when I land a, a, a program based on his referral and vice versa. I get super excited when he lands um, business based on a referral. It's not just, an, it's not just a passive introduction, like you said. I, I think Bill's, Bill's amazing. Um, it's, it's being emotionally invested in making sure that connection happens. And by the way, it it's, comes from being genuine and authentic. Listen, if you've got a, if I've got a great advisor and he's helped me and my family uh, achieve our goals, and 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 I know that if I get hit by a bus, my wife can call him, and, and fin financially everything's taken care of. Why wouldn't I want to share him with all of my friends? If genuinely want to share him. Now, am I going to proactively do that? No, I'm not. But if my advisor reached out to me and said, "Hey, you know, how well do you know uh, Julie Littlechild?" I'm going to say, well, I, I, I know her amazingly well. Um, you know, she'd be a, a, great, uh, a great referral, a great client of yours. So it's, it's like you said, it's being from that, that place of being genuine. It feels like, you know, this may sound like an obvious point, but we just, we don't focus enough, I think, when we talk about referrals on the homework that the advisor needs to do, right? Yeah, so, I, I think that's right. You know, it's, it's, that's where... It's, when we talk about being proactive, it's not necessarily, hey, do you know any rich people? But it's really digging in and finding something that once you find it feels entirely comfortable and appropriate because it's I, meaningful, you know? I, I would agree. And, and you think about this. So let's say, let's say Julie, I'm your advisor and, uh, and we've got a great relationship. It's been wonderful. Well, I... A, I owe it to you to do my homework. I mean, I'm not going to ask you to do it for me. Hey, Julie, do you know anybody else that could use my services? But here's the other thing, the value to the advisor that comes out of doing one's homework. If I like working with you, well, there's a demographic profile. Um, 
and there's a psychographic profile. What do I mean? A demographic profile is somebody's net worth, how many, how old they are, um, size of their family, um, maybe the, the business they, you know, are they a small business owner? Are they retired? Are they a teacher? Those are the demographic characteristics. But I'm also interested in the psychographic characteristics. Uh, as an advisor, maybe, maybe the psychographic characteristics are things like, well, I just, um, this person, this person appreciates advice. This person is willing to listen. This person is willing to make changes. Those are the types of people I work with. So, Julie, if you and I have had a wonderful relationship, client-advisor relationship over the years, well, I want to meet more people like you. Well, how do I do that? Well, I need to find out where you hang out, what boards you belong to, what golf club you belong to, um, what what sports leagues are your kin, where do you volunteer? Because the reality is, Julie, it, you're going to only volunteer and work with people. You're only going to be on the boards and work with people who you like. Well, you're probably, the people who you like are probably like you. So therefore, by me as the advisor doing a little bit of homework on the front end, not only am I showing that I appreciate you, but the likelihood of me having a successful introduction or referral is very high. But even more important, the success of that relationship is probably much higher. The the opportunity is much higher as well because I'm finding people like you. And again, but I, I, as the advisor, am the one who has to do that homework. And then do you, do you also recommend, so let's pick up on that example. Um, you're my client. I've discovered you're on the board of something. There's somebody on that board who would, I assume, be a good profile. But the reality is, of course, they might not be a great client because they're on the board and they seem to fit, but they're really not a nice person or they, sure. they don't appreciate. <laughs> so, I mean, how, do you, do you try to put any of that onus on the client in a way by saying, uh, I'd love to meet this person. And by the way, you know, just here's the kind of people that I think I can help and make sure that that person really fits to the extent that they know. Yes, absolutely. You nailed it. Now, some of the language I might use would be something like this. You know, again, I I said this a little bit earlier, but I'll expand on it. You know, Julie, you know, hopefully you've um, experienced great service from our firm and, and, uh, you know, like we like to grow a little bit, but, but, um, uh, you know, culture fit, values fit are really, really important. And so, for example, the reason I like working with you, Julie, is, is you, not only you're a great person, but you're willing to listen. You take advice. You push back when you don't agree with me. And that's what I'm looking for. You know, I see you're on the board of this art museum and, and uh, guy, this guy, Spencer Siegel, his name popped up and he's someone I've just always respected and I would, would love to reach out to him. But before I ask you to maybe make an introduction or a referral, do you think he'd be a good fit for the firm? Ask you. Because you're going to probably, you know, you know, no, nah, that guy's a jerk. He'd be horrible. Oh, okay, thank you. Um, or, yeah, gosh, I never thought of it, Sam. He, he'd be an awesome fit. I'd be happy to, to, to get you folks together. Clearly, we're going to have to put Spencer's contact details in the show notes Absolutely. so they're, that they're you can have all to be in the show notes, reach exactly. out and, and, and try to get his business. I think he'd appreciate that. Yeah, I'm sure he'd yeah. just love yeah, it. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> go into Google. Put, right. as you're, if, you're in, if you're listening right now, go into Google, put his name in quotation marks, Spencer Siegel, plus a phone number or email, and I'm sure his contact information will come up. And you, and you just say to him, you were listening to the uh, podcast, and Spencer was open to having thousands of advisor relationships. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Well, and we should clarify, too, that Spencer spells his name a little funny, so we should... Yeah. Uh, that's, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. No. Okay, you know yeah. well, yeah, that's right. That's, that's the challenge, right? That's the, that's that's the advisor the challenge. challenge right there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, funny. So, how, so how can you use some of these, uh, you know, these 
you know, these these are these are great ideas that that advisors just don't get behind. And if they did, they would they would they would get more clients. How how could you how can you use some of these as part of a referral process as well as a client acquisition process? I guess the the whole client introduction thing is what we've been talking about, right? Yeah, and I think uh, you know when we think about referrals, let's just go back to the whole concept that we started with, and that is that that people are massively passionate about themselves. And so, uh, again, doing one's homework, um, finding a news article. Uh, there's a great site, uh, You Got the News, Y-O-U-G-O-T-T-H-E-N-E-W-S, YouGotTheNews.com, is a search engine that looks at all those local newspaper articles. Uh, because all of us have appeared in articles. You know, it's a wedding announcement, a birth announcement. Maybe your company sponsors the 4th of July parade in your town. And so those local newspapers can be a wealth of information. And if you can bring up things about the other person that we know that they care about, you know, hey, hey, Fred, I saw that, uh, you know, I was doing a little research before we met and guess what I found? Gosh, I saw that your daughter scored three goals a couple of weeks back to send the um, high school hockey team into the state tournament finals. Gosh, that's so awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Um, my kid plays hockey, whatever, you know, you're trying to, it's, it, this is all about relationship business. You know, um, when I when I talk on the stage, I, I, I talk about that it, there's a lot of other speakers like me that talk about, oh, you got to be on LinkedIn. You got to be tweeting. You got to be on Facebook. You got to be doing radio ads. You got to be doing podcasts, uh, uh, brochures, trade shows, hang out at the Rotary. And those are all really important things. But those don't win you any business. Um, no high net worth individual sitting there. I don't want to say no, but it's highly unlikely that a high net worth individual woke up this morning and said, you know, I'm thinking of finding a, a new advisor. I'd like to go get a, uh, I'd like to go get a million dollar um, annuity. Um, I think I'm going to go on Twitter and find somebody. <laughs> Does that happen? <laughs> so that doesn't happen. But so what oh, I would like no. to say is, you know, all, all of those, all of those activities are important, but all those activities just get you in the maybe pile. What's the maybe pile? The maybe pile is your one of three. Congratulations. So, you know, Stephen, if, if you're looking for an advisor, you're a high net worth individual, you decided, you know, I'd like to meet an advisor. I'd like to, maybe you stumbled a bunch of, bunch of money as one of the companies you owned, you know, was sold for a billion dollars. And um, are you going to look at one person? No, you're going to get two or three people. Once, you're, once you've narrowed it down to two or three people, in your mind, all three of those advisors basically sell the same stuff at pretty much the same price. So who are you going to do business with? Well, you're going to do business with somebody who lo- who you like. How do you like somebody? It's all really based on a personal connection. Well, we've all been to we've all met with people who who um, ask great questions, meaningful questions, really engage with you, and there's this energy that comes across. And you're like, "Wow, I really like that person." And of all, all of us have also met with people that really like to talk about themselves. You know, thanks so much for meeting us, Stephen. Um, you know, let's spend the first few minutes talking about me, and then, and then when we're done, you can ask questions about me. And and and, uh, <laughs> and, and all too often, we, we too many advisors do that. You know, it's like I don't care. I want to talk about me, not you. Um, uh, and and so when you have information about the other person, and you're genuine about it, and you ask great questions. That's how people make their decisions because in the advisory world, it's a relationship business. We all know that. And so again, all those other things are super important, but that gets you in the maybe pile. What sales intelligence does is it helps you get out of the maybe pile and, and get you to be the, the selected, the, the, the chosen person. And again, now this is key because you genuinely care. You, you, 
you have to genuinely care. You can't use sales intelligence to manipulate people. But if you genuinely care, the techniques I'm sharing will work for you. Well, and you bring up something interesting as well, because you started talking about <clears throat> um, the the research that the, that the potential client would do. And that sort of... Um, also brings up the whole idea of, of you know the the, di- the digital footprint that you project right or the sure. digital the digital image your reputation online and and you've done some work on in that area too right well a, a lot of work you know if, if sales intelligence is how to find information on others well the opposite of that is digital reputation management assuming people are searching for information on you how do you control what they find and there's the obvious stuff like don't do stupid things on Facebook don't tweet stupid things but there's the less obvious things. Um, you know, for example, in the world in which we live today, people are posting a lot of political things online. Um, it, it, there might, you know, some people go over the edge, but some are just, they're, they're just normal things. You know, hey, I'm disappointed in what Trump did, or hey, I'm disappointed in what the Democrats did. Not vitriolic, not hateful, just normal speech. Well, that's the law of unintended consequences. Again, you're in the maybe pile. Clients looking at you and two other advisors, they feel one way. They look at your Facebook post and they say, well, you know, guys, you know, the guys uh, on the far left or the guys on the far right. And he's a nice guy. I don't disagree with him politically, but but um, I've got other two. I've got two other options. I'll go with the other two. I'll go with one of the other two. So it's a lot of things like that. And, and people forget that it's not just what you post online. It's how do you respond to an email? It's um, I mean, every day we seem to see something online where somebody's become a YouTube sensation because they just didn't treat the they didn't treat the waitress correctly. They didn't uh, they weren't nice to the person at the oil change facility. And we forget that there's a camera filming you there. And so a lot of it it, it is it's it, you have to project that because you are going to be googled and we need to make sure that the, that what you want to be known as is what's showing up. Yeah, that makes that makes an enormous amount of sense. I mean, what so the trends, whether it's technology or communication, are really changing the playing field, aren't they? What are, what are you seeing that we need to be more aware of, um, even as it relates to the different technologies out there? Well, I think um, uh, you know, you know, first off, a lot of um, a lot of this is getting more personal. I think we've you know we've gone from you know Web 1.0, if you will, which was which was me talking to you. Web 2.0 is is you know that that conversation that digital conversation social media if you will and i don't i don't know if anybody's coined this yet or anything but it, but i would say web 3.0 is really more of that not just communication but relevant and personal communication mm-hmm. um or said another way i know there's all this stuff out there i don't care about that i just care about the three things that i need to know um in a weird way in in this crazy technology world in which we live i think in this business, the advisor business, um, we, we all know that there's robo-advisors and those kinds of things, and, and, and all those things have a really important role. There's no question about it. But um, in the world, and if you were to ask me the trend, I would say the trend is getting back to being more human. You know, um, it, we, we tend to rely so much on email and voicemail and what we're doing now, podcasts and and, uh, and and Skype and all this and and what advisors have to remember, in my opinion, um, at a certain level, what you're not a financial advisor, you're the family CFO, you're the family chief financial officer, um, you're my advisor. I'm going to call you not only to talk about insurance and to talk about uh, where I should invest my money, but also, hey, should I lease a car or should I buy a car? Uh, 
hey, I'm thinking of sending my, my kids going to be going to a college that I can't really afford. What's the best way to do that? It's that advisor role. And so I think um, in a weird way, as we advance more in technology, I would encourage advisors to just remember to don't take the people part out of it because this is still a people business. And that's why I'm not worried that advisors are going to go away. Yes, there's going to be a role for robo-advisors and everybody doing things themselves. But, um, you know, even Warren Buffett the other day said that uh, people should not use financial advisors. They should just uh, invest in index funds. And yeah, if you're looking at, at, if you want to maximize return with the least amount of expense, um, maybe that's good advice. I don't know. I mean, he's Warren Buffett. Of course, it's good advice. But that's not, in my opinion, that's not why many people have an advisor. Why do I have an advisor? I have an advisor. I mentioned it earlier. I travel all over the country. I travel all over the world. God forbid something happens to me one day. I don't want my family to worry about it. I want my family to be able to pick up the phone, make one phone call, and and the person they're talking to, they have a relationship with. That person understands my wife's goals. They understand my goals. And I'm willing to pay a percentage of my assets under management to have that comfort level and to have that relationship. So in, in a, yeah, I think, Julie, Julie, you were probably asking me, you know, where are the trends going in technology? And mm-hmm. I can talk about virtual reality and all those kinds of things. But, but in the advisory business, in my opinion, the trend is going um, be more human. Build a relationship on a human level. Leverage technology to build that relationship. And I was just going to say, and uh, you know, there's, there's so it feels like there's so much, and it can feel daunting, right? Even when you use the word, you know, boolean commands or something. You know, can, <laughs> some of us get a little anxiety over that. Is what if if somebody was listening to this and thought, okay, I just want to dip my toe and at least start getting better? Are there are there one or two things you think that they could just do? quickly and with their existing knowledge level? Yeah, I would say, and this is going to sound so obvious, and yet I go all over the world and speak to financial advisors and very few of them do this. Um, I call it the three by five. Spend three minutes trying to find five pieces of information or five minutes trying to find three pieces of information prior to every meeting. This doesn't have to be daunting. Uh, I, I bet you if we could do a survey of everybody listening right now and say, okay, how many of you on your last prospect meeting, five minutes before the meeting, pulled up that prospect's either Facebook page or LinkedIn profile specifically to find something where you had something in common with the other person with the goal of asking a good question? That sounds so obvious, and yet 90% of people say, no, nah, I just kind of showed up to the coffee meeting and I, you know, I was lucky to get there on time. It, it it's not hard. You just it, you just have to kind of embed it into your process. Um, now I know there are advisors out there saying, "Hey, I don't have time for this stuff. I I've got too you know." You're you're probably right. Maybe you don't. This is something that it also can be delegated. One of the things that I teach to advisors is is you know g- give to your assistant. Say, "Hey, here's the here's the twelve prospect meetings I have next week. Um, give me in a Manila folder." prior to each meeting and just give me three, four, five interesting things about that person. You know, hey, I'm meeting with uh, Sally Jones and wow, she was an alternate on the 76 Olympic figure skating team. And I'm, boy, I'm meeting with uh, Phil Bufutnik and he was the, he was a teacher at this high school, um, the same high school that my, he's retired now, but it's the same high school my kids have gone to. You know, something like that. It's all you need. Just one or two 
interesting things about the other person. This doesn't have to be hard, but it does have to be thoughtful. Well, and and you know the, your 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 idea about delegating some of that stuff is is really it's a great way to address it. But you know you in your in your talks you've also talked about how you can just do it in the five minutes while you're sitting and you know if you if you work with business owners for example in the five sure. minutes that you sit in their lobby waiting for them to come out you can be doing things and could you relate to could you recall a story that that you've told in presentations about you know getting one of the biggest speaking and consulting things because of a of a breaking news story you found while you're waiting for the guy to come downstairs from his office yeah, I think you 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 uh, you kind of led up. So I, there's a number of them, but I'll tell that specific story. And it's honestly, it's it's uh, I would say it's a hundred percent of the reason we're talking today. So um, I have an opportunity to meet with Allianz, uh, as everybody knows, a huge life insurance company. They're located in uh, head, U.S. headquarters, located in Minneapolis. So I'm sitting in their lobby, and I do the three by five a few minutes before the meeting. I Google Allianz, and of course, I find their web page. Now, of course, I'm going to look at that, but but it's just their marketing brochure. Um, what I do in Google is very similar to you got the news. So I Google Allianz and then, um, on the results page, there'll be a tab that says news. I'll click on the news tab and I'll pull up a bunch of articles. Now, as we know, Allianz huge company. So there's thousands and thousands of articles. Great. I don't, you know, I've got two minutes before the meeting. Um, what do I do on every Google result page? There's a little button called tools. Click on that button and a little drop-down menu will appear. You'll see a thing on the drop-down menu that says Anytime. Click on that Anytime button and it allows you to sort your websites or in this example, our news articles by date. You can sort, you know, show me articles from the past year, the past month, the past day. I chose the past hour. I did that. One article appeared. It said Allianz was just named Best Places to Work by Fortune uh, Magazine. My contact comes down the stairs, first words out of his mouth, hey, Sam, so nice to meet you. First words out of my mouth, hey, congratulations. He looked at me kind of weird, and he said, what do you mean? I said, didn't you get the news? He said, what news? Well, I said, Allianz was just named Best Places to Work by Fortune Magazine. Huge smile comes to his face. Really? When, when did that happen? Oh, six minutes ago, I did that little Google thing <laughs> you know, before. But I just gained permission to ask a great question. Hey, what makes this such a great place to work? And for the next 20 minutes, what did my contact talk about? Something he was amazingly passionate about, the company that he helped build. And he was able to share with me um, that his uh, daughter is going to become an intern. She's in college and she's going to take an internship at Allianz. What did I just learn? I just learned he has a daughter. Now, that would have been really weird in my first meeting. You know, hi, I was, I was wondering, do you have a daughter? You know, okay. But, but now How I know that he has a daughter. Excellent he, creepy voice. You know, right. he, tells me that he, he tells me that he has a son, and his son played college football at the University of St. John's. Um, hey, my roommate after college, you know, 30 years prior, um, was an All-American football player at St. John's. So I get another connection. Bottom line, at the end of the day, he, he says to me, and this is what we're always looking for in sales. He said, hey, Sam, I've been spending so much time talking about me. Can you tell me a little bit about you and how you might be able to help us? I'm, I'm telling stories now. I'm not selling anything. He's not asking for, uh, you know, I, I'm, he's not asking to see my three ring binder with 74 color tabs and asset allocation models. He's saying, tell me about you and how you can help me. And that's really what we're trying to do here. Get the other, just, you know, it was a quote from President Roosevelt. 
other people have butchered it, but but uh, it's simple. It goes, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think in the advisor business, because again, just the term alone, advisor, that's what people want. I just want to know that you care, that you care about me, you care about my family, you care about my success. Um, and that's how we're going to build a relationship. And I think you, you, you show that you care by doing a little homework on the front end and, and giving the other person permission to talk about themselves, which again gives you permission to ask great questions. Well, you know, as much as I would love to go on and on with this, because Sam, you have such a great bunch of of, of ideas to offer. We are a little past our time, and and uh, so I need to I need to wrap this up. I can't think of a better way to do that, uh, except uh, where can people find you and and find the stuff? Well, first, everybody needs to buy. Uh, how do you take the cold out of cold calling? Um, it's a great book with a lot of these ideas laid out in it. But but where else can people find you, Sam? Yeah, if you just go to samrichter.com or I just tell people, Google me. Because if I don't show up on the first 30 pages of Google search results, <laughs> don't, don't listen to anything I say because I'm not worth anything. Something's wrong. Right. So, But you can go to Sam Richter. It's S-A-M-R-I-C-H-T-E-R.com. And uh, a cool thing, I've got, a, I've got what's called the No More University where I've taken, you know, basically the concept is someone hires me for an hour and I give them an hour's worth of amazing stuff, but I got like 40 hours worth of stuff. And so I break it into one to two minute how-to videos, how to do this, how to do that. And um, it's the type of thing where it's basically you get a PhD in sales intelligence really quickly and learn how to do this stuff and it's fine and it's easy. And all that stuff's on my website. So samrichter.com. Well, and we will we will put those in the show notes so people can find it along with a link to your book and, and some of the other things we've talked about. Sam, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It's always a delight to talk with you, and 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 I'm all, and I'm, I always appreciate talking with you because you remind me of the ideas of yours that I forgot already. I need I need to go back and do. <laughs> oh yeah, well thank um, you very much. I love the work that you guys are doing, and um, and uh, again, uh, just good luck everybody out there. And the good news is, is in my travels. I, I, I would come back to you know conclude what I said earlier. Um, we're in this technology age. People are are they they want a relationship. I yeah I got yeah. eight thousand friends on Facebook, but they're, I I want that human relationship. I want that advisor that I can trust because stuff is so confusing. Just just someone know me and who I am and tell me what to do and I'll listen to you. And and there's lots of people out there that like that. You just got to find them. Well said. Thank awesome. you so much for your time. Thanks, Sam. Hope to talk to you again soon. Take care. Hi, it's Julie again. It was great to have you with us on Becoming Referrable. If you like what you've been hearing, please do us a favor and rate us on iTunes. It really does help. You can get all the links, show notes, and other tidbits from these episodes at becomingreferrable.com. You can also get our free report, Three Referral Myths That Limit Your Growth, and connect with our blogs and other resources. Thanks so much for joining us.